0: Welcome to the Park Road Podcast for july twenty first, twenty nineteen. Today's podcast is a sermon given by Amy Jacks Dean, co-pastor with Russ Dean at Park Road Baptist Church. Her sermon today is entitled The Difficult Work of Love and
1: Peace. You're going to get to sing during the sermon today, because there's a hymn in our hymnal. We don't know the tune in the hymnal, so I found a tune that it goes with. So when I say, let's sing, it's printed, and we'll do one verse at a time, just one verse, and then I'll tell you again, and we'll do the second verse, and I'll tell you again, we'll do the third verse. The first time we do it, Linda's going to play all the way through the hymn. The second and third time we do it, uh, she'll just give us a little intro. So you get to be the choir today during part of the sermon. But I hope that in doing it this way, I think sometimes we sing hymns and we just sing them and we don't really listen to the words. We really spend a lot of time finding hymns that go with the theme for that day. And if you'll pay attention, it may just be one line at the end of verse 2, but that's why the hymn is there. And I think if if we do it this way, maybe you'll listen to the words of this hymn and it speaks to... What we're talking about today with um, love and hate and war and peace. There was a word in my house growing up that was a bad word. Well, there were a lot of bad words, but there was one that started with an H and the word, uh and the word was hate. You couldn't say it at my house, it just wasn't nice. Some things you just don't undo after an entire childhood of learning it, we don't say hate. It still sounds loud in my ears when I hear it, and I still cringe a bit when I say it. And I do say it, because as the preacher of Ecclesiastes says, there's a time for it. Jesus taught us to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. If we can't even hate our enemies, then when would be a good time for hating? I hate racism. I hate sexism. I hate homophobia. I hate discrimination. I hate injustice. I hate when people are bullied. I hate that there is more than enough food, but distribution is out of proportion. I hate homelessness and poverty. I hate systems that keep people in perpetual cycles of despair. So let us sing. amount of hate we hear spewing from people's mouths these days, often out of the mouths of people that claim Christ the loudest. I don't get that, and I hate that. No wonder the church is in decline. Listen to the Christians that call for violence and fan the flames of bigotry and prejudice and chauvinism and intolerance. I hate that we have the same name as them, Christian, because the Jesus I follow would hate what they say. In all fairness, the Jesus they follow would hate what I proclaim. I don't understand how we can all read the same words and get such a different message, but we do, and I hate that. I think love and radical inclusion and radical welcome and radical hospitality is the Jesus way. Some read the same Bible that I do and all they hear is who doesn't make it in the cut of God's grace. In their defense, I think many of them are truly concerned with people burning in the fires of hell forever and ever, amen. Those Christians aren't the ones I worry about the most. (laughs) I worry about the Christians who wear Jesus across their shirt and wear a cross around their neck and shout vile things at anyone who is different from them. I hate it when they do that. When I talk about all this hate, I get a little bit worked up. Because I could go on and on with the things that I hate. To continue with my list of things that I hate... Mm -hmm. I hate war. And yet the preacher of Ecclesiastes says there's a time for that too. In 2014, in an address to West Point, President Barack Obama outlined his foreign policy as follows. The United States will use military force unilaterally if necessary, when our people are threatened, when our livelihoods are at stake, when the security of our allies is in danger. In these circumstances, he says, we still need to ask tough questions about whether our actions are proportional and effective and just. The president was invoking the tenets of just war theory a long-standing ethical tradition studied by theologians, heads of state, philosophers, and military leaders alike, dealing with how and why wars are fought and whether they are morally valid. Just war theory is seen as an outgrowth of classical Greco-Roman and Christian thought, though reflections are seen in other traditions as well. The Christian theologian Augustine of Hippo is credited with the assertion that war, though terrible, could be necessary in the face of certain dangers and lawful if conducted appropriately in the pursuit of peace. And later, Thomas Aquinas laid out the conditions under which a war could be considered just. Many of the rules developed by the just war tradition have been codified into contemporary international laws like the Geneva Conventions and the UN Charter. I could go on and on with details from Wikipedia about this theory. But the theory is simply a justification for a horrible, horrible thing. War. There was one man that changed my thinking and my life more than any other person on this earth. My ethics professor in seminary, Dr. Glenn Stassen. Dr. Stassen graduated with a degree in nuclear physics, but not willing to contribute to the development of nuclear weapons, he soon gave it up and actually became a key activist against nuclear weapons during the Cold War, later turning his efforts fully towards peacemaking. He earned a PhD from Duke University and has impacted countless lives, none more than mine, through his more than 50 years of university and seminary teaching. The long-asked question concerning the Christian response to war has historically had two answers. Pacifism, meaning that war is never justified, and just war theory, meaning that there are certain circumstances which justify killing during war. And Glenn Stassen stepped in and presented a third option, just peacemaking, an approach focusing on proactively preventing wars from happening in the first place. I will always believe that if every Christian Took his seminar class entitled Biblical Ethics on Christian Peacemaking, the world would be a different place. Dr. Stassen believed that peace was possible if we put the work and money into it that we put towards war. He had a 10 point plan. Number one, support nonviolent direct action. Number two, take independent initiatives to reduce threat. Number three, use, conflict, use cooperative conflict resolution. Number four, acknowledge responsibility for conflict and injustice and seek repentance and forgiveness. Number five, advance democracy, human rights, and religious liberty. Number six, foster just and sustainable economic development. Number seven, work with emerging cooperative forces in the international system. Number eight, strengthen the United Nations and international efforts for cooperation and human rights. Number nine, reduce offensive weapons and weapons trade. And number ten, encourage grassroots peacemaking groups and voluntary associations. I remember feeling so small in the face of such large ideas. So I started with number 10, Encourage Grassroots Peacemaking Groups. And I joined Dr. Stassen's group that met once per week in the evenings of our church in Louisville, Kentucky. I went to the same church as he did because he was a rock star (laughs) in my world. I wish I could say that I changed the world. I only changed my own heart and my own thinking. But that's a start, isn't it? Now more than 30 years later, I still buy what Dr. Stassen was selling. Peace. The ahas I had in his presence were earth-shattering for me. I will always be convinced he was right. I think he walked in lockstep with Jesus about this, which is not always popular, but it is always profound, prophetic, and terribly courageous. I just wish more Christians could get on board. We better sing. there is a time for war from a political point of view. I'm grateful to live in a nation that is so safe and so well protected. And I am most grateful for the humanitarian mission of our military. But I'm also horrified when we ask one of our human beings to kill another human being. And while I can sometimes justify the need to do so, I'm sad that I can do that. But I truly believe with all my heart that Jesus would not be so readily and so easily able to justify war as we do. I just don't think ideas like preemptive strike and torture were a part of his vocabulary or his thinking. The Bible includes many violent scenes among the collection of stories about the people of God. The preacher of Ecclesiastes would have understood that, and he spoke to that in his list of timing. But don't call me idealistic for thinking that Christians should always be working for peace. Even when our nation calls for war, The church should be the voice of reason saying to the world, there is a time for peace. Isn't that our work? We don't have to agree about the politics of it. We have to agree that the work of the church, the message of Jesus, is love and peace. We are to be the voice of love and peace in a world filled with hate and war. If we don't say it, Who will? Can you imagine our world if all Christians demanded of their governments love and peace? I'm talking about all Christians everywhere. If all Christians demanded of their governments love and peace. It is such a countercultural notion that most folks, even Christians, call the idea crazy, short-sighted, naive, idealistic, and impossible. Shame on us. So be it. Call us naive. Call us short-sighted. Call us idealistic. Call us crazy. Call us believing in the impossible. As I interpret the love of God and the way of Jesus, the time is always calling for love and peace. But as the ancient writer understood, hate and war would always have its time and place. It's just that hate and war seem to get plenty of time these days, especially in a 24-7 news crazed society that uses social media as our best mode of information gathering. Hate and war, they got more than enough time. That's why it's all the more important for the church to be calling for a time of love and peace. We should sing. Many years ago at a preaching conference at Princeton, I heard a preacher say these four sentences in a sermon, and I memorized them, and I have held on to them all these years as a mantra for my work. Our calling is very holy. Our work is very difficult. Our Savior is very mighty. And the joy of the Lord. Shall be our strength. May it be so. Amen. Amen. Let us pray.
0: We invite you to learn more about Park Road at parkroadbaptist.org. Park Road is a progressive faith community located in Charlotte, North Carolina, encouraging independent thought, community service, social justice, and interfaith understanding. Today's podcast was produced with production help from Hugh Ashcraft, Brian Smith, Bruce White, and Rich Dower. Our theme music was composed by Brandon Michael Williams. Thanks for listening today. Grace and peace to you.